0: Hey friends, and welcome to episode 148 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about productivity. Now, you might be thinking, wait, Anna, isn't every episode about productivity? Well, kind of, but not really. Here's the thing. There's a difference between time management and productivity. They usually go together like peanut butter and jelly, but they are two different things. If I'm the peanut butter of time management, Brittany Dixon is the jelly of productivity. She lives and breathes it and helps others find their productivity sweet spot as a productivity coach. So let me tell you all about Brittany Dixon. Brittany is the CEO of Brittany Co., She's a business strategist and productivity coach who helps business owners implement time management, task management, and client management systems and routines. She offers group coaching and one-on-one coaching for online service providers looking to add a virtual assistant or a business manager. She started her accidental entrepreneurial journey when she was fired from her corporate event planning job because she didn't fit into the corporate box, and she's never looked back. Brittany's the host of the Productivity Podcast and the Productivity Pod community. She's a twin mom to her daughters, Kenna and Layla, a dog mom to her mini golden doodles, Riley and Lucy. She loves charcuterie boards, wine, board games, bougie cocktails, candy, and pretty much all sweets. She loves reading, baking, and traveling everywhere. In today's conversation with Brittany, she shares how she fell into systems management by accident. She talks about what it means to stay in your zone of genius. She'll talk a little bit about how to create systems around your life. And don't miss her three Ps of productivity. As usual, you know, you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 148. And if you want to take your time management skills to the next level and craft a productively successful life, the It's About Time Academy is open to new members. You can learn more at annadcornick.com forward slash academy, and the link is also in the show notes. And with that, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road.
1: Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick.
0: Hi, Brittany, and welcome to It's About Time. I'm so excited to spend time with you today. How are Hello. you doing?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to to
0: chat. Yes, this is going to be a lot of fun because I know that you are a kindred spirit, and that there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff up ahead, all about time management and productivity. So let's dive in, shall we? Yes. So, Brittany, tell me how do you spend your time these days?
2: Yeah. Okay. So loaded question, right? So I'm a mom of twin girls, Kenneth and Layla. So they're nine at the time of this recording, but I'm also a dog mom. So I have two mini golden doodles, one of which is a puppy. She's only six months. So got our hands full. Then we do a lot of camping. We are huge campers now, not like the tent camping. We're definitely like glampers. We've got to have like mm-hmm. shower and beds kind of situation, but we love camping. <laughs> huge board gamers. We love doing just like Friday night, like charcuterie boards and hanging out with friends and board games. So that's kind of on the personal side, like the gist of it. And then as far as business goes, I am a productivity coach and systems consultant and Really, my mission is to help entrepreneurs work smarter, not harder so that they can actually have the business that they started, the freedom that they started the business for instead of working more than the nine to five job, which is what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing. So that takes up a lot of my time because I just love supporting entrepreneurs and really streamlining and being able to get more done in less time and actually spend time with family. So.
0: I love that very similar mission. So yeah. I I absolutely feel you. And when you do what you love, it almost feels like it it takes up all your time, but no time at all because you yes. love how you're spending it, right?
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I-
0: I'd love to know. I'm super curious. How did you make your way into being a productivity coach and consultant?
2: Yeah. So it's kind of a crazy journey. I So I've always been like just really type A, organized planner. I was the weird 16-year-old with like color-coded post-it notes and like <laughs> binders and labels. And my friends all thought I was really weird. But I actually – I was in the hospitality and food service space and got into wedding and event planning. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds like the most awesome job ever, being like a wedding planner. I can plan, color coordinate, all the – so I actually – I interned with someone and did that and I hated the wedding side of it, (laughs) but I loved the logistics. I was like, I want to be behind the scenes and like planning things, but weddings just were not my jam. So I worked for a corporate restaurant kind of doing the same thing. And I actually became an entrepreneur accidentally when I was fired for not fitting into the corporate box. So super long story there, but essentially, you know, blessing in disguise at this point. And then I started organizing houses when I started the business. So it was called clutter control when I first started. And I I had had the girls at that point. So they were about three and a half. And I just saw so many other twin moms in our twin mom community. They're like, I can't even keep up with things at home. And I just knew that I was really good at organizing and creating systems. So started doing that and then had no idea what I was doing and running a business. So I hired a coach and she's kind of the one that introduced me to this online space. And she's like, you could totally do this for business owners. And I was like, oh, let's explore that. So essentially I went from organizing events to organizing houses to organizing businesses. And it kind of comes full circle because I see a lot of what I'm doing now. I, I was kind of doing in both of those roles as well. It's just in a different capacity at this point. So
0: it is really cool how if we look back, we can see threads that yes, are interwoven through all of the different things that we do yes. as we're as we're on our way to doing, you know, what we do. Now, I love that. So, you went from organizing events to organizing houses. Homes, yep. <laughs> to organizing businesses. Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. So tell me this, what's your favorite type of business or your favorite type of client to to work with? What yeah. type of businesses oh, do you man. love working That's
2: a tough one. So I do only work with service providers. I don't do a whole lot with product-based businesses. Not that I couldn't because processes and systems are pretty universal. I just don't know much about like inventory systems and like all right. the different pieces that come with products. So, but as far as service providers, I mean, it's kind of runs the gamut. I've got bookkeepers, I have virtual assistants that come into my stuff. I'm working with a dental office I work with an HVAC company so it is kind of across the board but those businesses that are really looking to make a huge impact with what they do and they just need to be able to work smarter to get more done to be able to impact more people I'm really just here to help create that ripple effect because if I can help them be more efficient serving who they serve and it's just kind of a ripple from there that's kind of what I'm on a mission to do so.
0: You handle getting all the little nitty gritty details and systems in order so that they can focus on being the leader and doing the work.
2: Yeah, because they didn't start a business to run a business. Like nobody started a business saying like, I want to run a business. I mean, there might be some people, but most of them said, I'm really good at this thing and I know I can impact people, but there's all this other stuff that kind of has to happen in order for them to do that. And that's where I can kind of come in because I look at it from a really big strategy standpoint, but I'm also in the nitty gritty details of like, how can we streamline this and create systems? So yeah, it really is just to help them impact kind of with whatever they do in their zone of genius, even better.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. So you really helped them through a transformation and you had a transformation of your own when you left the corporate world and moved into accidental entrepreneurship. Tell me a little bit about what that felt like.
2: Yeah, terrifying at first. So, I I was making a really good salary and honestly my position was pretty easy. It was very stressful because it was in the event planning space, but it was a pretty easy job and there was some shifting happening prior to me getting let go, so it wasn't like a full shock, but at the same time you go from one day having a job to the next day, not. And so there was, there was a lot of just stress and overwhelm at that point. And obviously like cutting back and budgeting and that kind of thing from a personal standpoint. But I think I really just jumped into fix it mode. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like I either have to go get a job and work nine to five again, or I'm going to start this business that I kind of had the side hustle ahead of time. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna jump into it. So, I actually got my first client, I wanna say like two weeks after I got let go. So, it was pretty quick. And it was interesting because it was actually a hoarder that I was working with. So, oh, wow. Like, go big or go home, I guess. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and just really diving into that, I saw the excitement of it. So even the hard stuff, I was like, okay, like I can totally do this. I just Mm -hmm. have to figure it out. And yeah, I think it was just a lot of mixed emotions. It was a lot of like excitement and overwhelm. And you know, the entrepreneur roller coaster, like within the day, you're like, this is amazing. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) I think that happened a lot for the first six months. And then I really like I was like, I need help. So I like Googled business coaches and didn't know it at the time, but got retargeted on Facebook like crazy. And I was of like, course, what is this? I'm like, did I live under a rock? I was like, does <laughs> everyone have an online business? And I just didn't know about it. So yeah, then I kind of went down that rabbit hole of like teaching myself and like figuring out how I could move it into the online space and helping businesses versus being with people. Because- Not that I didn't like doing it in homes, but there's only one of me. And when Mm -hmm. I saw the online side, it can make a bigger impact. I was like, oh, I I definitely want that. So and then obviously just the financial freedom and time freedom, not having to go to someone's house and being able to work from a laptop. That was huge for me because we want to do a ton of traveling and I want to be able to spend time with the kids. So, yeah, that first part was a little crazy and hectic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was good. It was it was good
0: excitement, I guess. Well, thank you for sharing that. And oh. I ask that question because I know that there are as as of the time of this recording, I know so many people who have recently been impacted by layoffs yep. in the tech industry and the financial services industry. And there's so much uncertainty. And what you just offered in sharing that story was hope and encouragement. And so I hope that if, if anyone is listening, who is fearful of layoffs or has recently been impacted by a layoff, that, that, you know, that there's, there is hope, there is a way there, there are options, there are things that you can do. And Brittany just, you know, sink or swim and she swam big time. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And I I mean, there's so many, if I can say one thing, if this is something you're going through and you need to get into a position where you can start your own business or whatever that looks like work on your mindset on a daily basis, because that is the biggest hang up. I actually had a really hard time even monetizing what I do because I just felt like I'm like, I, I, it's just natural. Like I just organize how, how do people not just organize, but Mm -hmm. I actually read this book called ordinary superpowers and realize that not everybody <laughs> is great at organizing and it's not something that just comes natural to them. So when I kind of shifted that mindset, I was like, oh, of course I could monetize this because it's something that people need. They're going to see the value in it. It's going to help them. So it, mindset is a daily thing and the ups and downs of the entrepreneur roller coaster are real. And if you don't have a good mindset, it will take you down for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs almost feel this weird sense of guilt that, oh, I can't charge for this, or it's so easy for me. How can yep. I price this at XYZ level? Yep. And I think it's because we've been conditioned to believe that work should be hard. Yes, 100 in order to earn money, we need to feel some kind of pain or struggle. (laughs) And it just doesn't have to be that way. It
2: doesn't. It really, really doesn't. And I felt that way for a really long time. Actually, I grew up in a really low income family. So for me to come into this online space and see what was possible, I had a lot of money mindset issues and mind blocks around that because I was like, I assumed I would make $25 an hour my entire life and like work really, really hard. And you're telling me that I can charge like $200 an hour. Like, no. So there was a ton of like shifts yeah. that I had to make even getting into that. So it, it's definitely something I think I see a lot of entrepreneurs running into for sure.
0: Yeah, okay, we're going to shift yeah. gears, and I I, I want to hear about what it's like to be a twin mom. I have yeah. two girls that are three and 18 months, so okay. they're close in age, but I know that is nothing compared yeah. to <laughs> what it's like to have two newborns and two two-year-olds and two three-year-olds and now two nine-year-olds. So tell me, give me a peek inside twin mom life.
2: For sure. Um. So for me, it's just normal, right? So right, like- right. I just did it because I have so many people ask me all the time. They're like, well, how'd you do it? And I'm like, I I just did it. You have to just do it, right? I will say though that I think it was easier for me than if I just had one because they have this built-in playmate, right? Mm -hmm. So like they have this built-in person that's interested in pretty much the same things that they're interested in. So even when I started my business, a lot of my other mom friends are like, well, how do you get work done? I'm like, they kind of just go do their thing. And they're like, I don't have that luxury. I have like one that- wants me all the time. So I think from that perspective, it was just a kind of easier thing because they had a playmate. Honestly, it's just been super fun kind of seeing it because they're completely different personalities and they actually look really different too because they're fraternal. So one has blonde curly hair and is like into reading and she'll be the one that takes a book to a party and is like sitting in the corner. And then we have the other one that's like brunette, straight hair, tomboy, like wants to go be part of the party. Like completely different people. And I think for me, one of the hardest things is not comparing them just Mm -hmm. because they're twins, because I'm like, oh, they should be at the same stage of everything, but they're not. They're two different people. So yeah, it's just been interesting. And I think every year has just been kind of a different challenge for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I I can imagine. But I don't really remember. Time, I
2: yeah, I don't really
0: remember like the first
2: year. It's kind of a blur. Newborn, like twin newborns. Yeah, it's it, it was a lot. I'm glad we had a lot of family to help.
0: <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh my goodness. That having family and just having help. And speaking of help, so you have your you have your productivity coaching and consulting business. You help business owners. You are a twin mom, and you still have time, and you still find time I to have do. fun with board game nights. Yeah. I- I've got to know. Tell me your secrets. How, how yeah. do you do life?
2: For sure. So it's a lot of systems. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of time blocking. I think one of the biggest things for me, and if this has been a shift recently in the past couple of years, is you have to design your lifestyle first and then put the business into it. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the beginning, and I was definitely guilty of this, they'll do the business first. And then when there's time, they'll fit life things in, but there's never extra time. So then life things don't get fit in and then you're burnout and you're hustling all the time. And it's one of the biggest reasons my program is called Hustle to Flow because I want these people to get out of hustle mode because it's possible, but it does take planning and it does take a lot of just routines and systems and having things organized so that you can work more efficiently when you're working and take time off. So yeah, I mean, I have spa days in the middle of the week all the time. Like I have Fridays off. We do tons of stuff on the weekends, like three-day weekends. And it wouldn't be possible if I didn't block it out in my calendar and actually control my calendar versus letting someone else kind of take over and control that for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's an important mind shift that has to happen as well. It's it's not just the money mindset, but it's the time mindset. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree that it's life first, lifestyle first, and then building a business if you, if you are a business owner, yeah, yeah. building a business around that life. And you know you are proof of what's possible. You have, you have Fridays off. You do yeah. spa days in the middle of the week because you have thought through, okay, what do I want my life to look like? And how do I create a business that fits around it instead of taking up all the space?
2: Yeah, for sure. And you just have to step back. I think a lot of times when we get in this hustle and like busy mm-hmm. and overwhelmed and stress, we just keep going with it. But if you don't take the time to step back and like look at it from that 30,000 foot view and say, okay, like what do I actually want my weeks to look like? Mm -hmm. Then it's just going to keep going because life just keeps happening. People keep filling in your calendar. Emails keep coming in. Information keeps coming in. Tasks keep coming in. Like it's never going to stop until you actually take the time to step back and like lay it out and say, no, I want to take Fridays off. A perfect example. I actually had said that for about a year. I was like, I want to take Fridays off. I want to take Fridays off but I didn't block Fridays out. So every Mm -hmm. time somebody would fill in the calendar, somebody would need me, I would put an appointment on there and I would never do it. Well, now I've completely blocked out Fridays every single day. It's just on reoccurrence. And now at this point, I have the freedom to choose if Mm -hmm. I want to take something on a Friday or if I don't. And I think that's the biggest thing is that now I'm in control of it. I still work a lot of Fridays because I love what I do and I have a lot of stuff going on, but now I have the control to say like, no, no one's in my calendar. I'm actually taking a Friday off. So I think it's just kind of like stepping back and saying like, what do I want my week to look like? What do I want my days to look like? And kind of mapping out that way for sure.
0: So here's my question. Yeah. And this might this might result in you giving a pep talk to yeah. our <laughs> listeners. But let's say that someone is listening right there and they're like, okay, Brittany, I get it. I need to step back. But when am I going to step back while everything is still coming my way? I'm like, I love Lucy and Ethel at the chocolate conveyor belt and the chocolate (laughs) just keeps coming. And how am I supposed to step back when life is so crazy?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's again, a mindset shift, right? Like you can find 30 minutes to step back and say, okay, like I need to plan my week out better. I need to add some buffer time you've got to find that time to, like systems are really self-care for yourself and your business, right? Like if I can put a routine in place every Sunday that I take 30 minutes, 30 minutes or less to plan out my week and make sure it's like rock solid, that's going to set you up for so much success and you're going to feel so much more proactive in your week than like things constantly being thrown at you. So Little increments. If you only have 15 minutes, take 15 minutes and plan the next two days and then find it again, right? Again, I think it's a mindset shift that you really just have to take that space for yourself or it's just going to continue to be this cycle and this problem. So even small little pockets will work as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You deserve it. You are oh, worth absolutely. it. Also, systems are self care. Can you put that on a coffee mug? Yeah. Or maybe like. <laughs> Pocket tea. Yes. Because that's that's great.
2: They really are because if if you've got systems in place and this is business or life, right? Like we've right. got some systems in place for our life that we tell our Amazon Echo to add things to the grocery list, and then it's ready to go when we go place a grocery order, right? So even these small little systems in your business and your life are allowing you to free up time and space to think of new things or come up with better ideas for your clients or take on another client, which means more revenue. So, or self-care, right? Like Then you can take a day off and go to the spa. So I think these little systems that we put in place, they start to add up and they really are giving you that space and that freedom instead of this constant like hustle and never having time for yourself.
0: Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there, to have more breathing room in your days? let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadcornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay. So you mentioned the Amazon grocery list as one of your life systems. So this is almost like a two-part question, mainly because I don't want to forget the first first part of it, but I really want to hear about your life systems. And then- I would love to know how you've gotten your kids involved in systems, if if at all, if that's a thing. But let me hear more about your life systems. What does that look like for you?
2: Yeah. So the grocery list one is huge. Actually, everyone in the family will add stuff there. So if we need something or we run out of something, it's pretty much just a natural trigger to add it to the list so that we have that list ready. So the kids are definitely involved in that. We have started setting up reminders in the morning on the Amazon Echo as well. Really for the kids, they're nine, obviously, so they can kind of get themselves ready. But they do still kind of need that push in the morning, like, hey, 15-minute warning. Hey, five-minute warning. So we've actually set up reminders that the Echo will just say those out loud so that I don't have to be the one that's like nagging them constantly. We have created a checklist for their morning routine and their evening routine so that they can look at it and reference it again taking me out of that equation so that I'm like, hey, go to your checklist and they can look at it and kind of think for themselves.
0: Where does the checklist (laughs) live?
2: Yeah. So they actually have like a hanging, it's got like little pockets in it and a little whiteboard. It's on their door to the bedroom. And literally we just put the checklist on one of those and they've got the two little checklists. They put their little journals in there. We've got all kinds of stuff in there, but it really allows me to not be like, "Hey, did you do this and this and this and this?" Mm-hmm. And there's two of them, right? So I have right. to do it to two different kids. So just things like that, trying to get them in the habit early, because I think for huh, this is a whole different rabbit hole. But like schools don't <laughs> necessarily teach organization they they don't teach planning they don't teach any of that kind of stuff so I actually got my girls planners because I'm like you guys need like you're in fourth grade you need to start getting the habit of this even if you're not using it like a traditional sense like all day long kind of thing I want you to get in the habit of this. So we've got planners, we've got checklists. The reminders on the echo are super, super helpful as far as life stuff goes, reminders, things like that. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's really just setting those things up and they're super small and tiny, but they're so, so helpful.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Love that. That is fantastic. So it sounds to me like Again, I've got to go back to systems or self-care. Yeah. In being intentional about creating these systems in your home, you're freeing up that mental space for yourself. You're teaching your girls from an early age something that they're not right. taught in school. Yep. I, you know, I, I remember in high school, they issued everyone planners. And I I thought that was such a neat concept. And especially looking back now as a time management coach, the fact that every single high school student got a planner and they were, they were trying to teach us, okay, you, this is your homework assignment, take out your planner and write your homework assignment in your planner. And I really appreciated that, but there's no conversation about how to create routines or how to time block or how to Manage all of the millions of pieces of <laughs> information, pieces. yeah, for sure. Coming our way every day, life admin. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we become adults and we have, in our generation had so much more to manage than our parents had to deal with because of all the digital inputs. Oh, so there's yeah. really no way that we could have been prepared for it. Yep, and it just can completely drain any. Oh, yeah amount of productivity or energy and it's just it's a lot
2: yeah we have a lot of challenges right like we're (laughs) in this digital age where like information is literally just spewing at us 24 7 and then you've got social media that came into play and then you've got like we still have to manage households both parents are typically working whereas before maybe only one worked like we have so many challenges coming at us now that we've got to manage and I think the digital space has made it so much harder. One of the systems that actually bleeds from personal to business, I actually use Asana for everything, literally mm-hmm. life, business, all of it. And I started assigning my husband tasks in Asana. I was like, I'm not superwoman. Like I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> Just kidding. But I can't do it all. So I would start assigning things to him and I'm contemplating. I'm like, is nine too young to get the kids in Asana? Maybe I should be little. <gasps> I know, right? So that's one of the systems that kind of bleeds over because, again, I something comes up and I'm like, oh, the kids need new jeans because it's almost fall. Like, dupe, got to put that in there. I'm gonna forget, and being able to kind of pass some of that off to him so that we can be like, okay, like divide and conquer. Like this is what we're doing. That's one of the huge things that has helped us actually get stuff done, be able to take trips because we've gotten like the core things that have to be done. We've managed that, and then shared calendars is huge mm-hmm. too. It's just. The digital space has made it so much more difficult and easy all at the same time it's really crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is it's information overload and you almost have to have this filter and like a bubble around you and block things out because it just yeah. keeps coming yeah
0: oh i would love to take a peek <laughs> over your shoulder and see how you have your asana set up that yes. is that's one of my favorite things to, to take a peek inside how people Set up their their project yeah. management and their to do lists because it's just so interesting the the different yeah. the different methods the different ways. I love yeah. that you've got your husband involved in life stuff. Um, that's actually something that I've worked with with my time management coaching clients in the past is introducing them to new project management systems and yeah. then getting the whole family involved.
2: Yeah. And I think the term project management is really scary. And I think a lot of (laughs) solopreneurs, they're like, oh, I don't need that. It's just me. I would argue you need it more because it's Mm -hmm. just you. But I really like to call it kind of like a work management tool. It really is. And it's honestly my second brain. Like if it's not in Asana or Google Calendar, it's not happening. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like it's got to be in one of those two places. But my whole theory on Asana is that you have to, or any any task management tool, is that you have to simplify it, and you cannot have project after project like floating around everywhere. That's mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest things when I go in to do either cleanups or setups, cleanups mainly, is that they've downloaded probably forty seven different templates, they've tried to use like so many different systems, they've got fourteen marketing boards, and it gets chaotic very quickly. But the problem with it is that it's a blank slate when you start. Mm -hmm. It's completely empty. So people that are not like you and I that are very like oriented to organization and systems and processes, it is hard for them to even be able to start setting something up. So my whole theory behind it is like the less projects you have, the better. We actually have like a CEO dashboard, a client dashboard, a family dashboard where really everything goes and you start to individualize the sections instead. Because I, again, I think the least amount of projects you have to like think about and manage, the mm-hmm. better that you can actually manage what tasks you're working on. And then you can decide like, oh, today's a personal day. Like let's knock some stuff out versus going to look on 14 different projects.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All over the place. It can yeah. quickly become overwhelming. And when it gets oh, overwhelming, people want to jump ship and just, they just try stop. a new system. They don't use it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh well, Asana didn't work for me, so I'm gonna try ClickUp or Trello didn't yes. work for me, so let me try Asana. When really, 100%. what it takes is simplifying and sticking with it.
2: It is. You have to stick with it. Uh, they all, first off, they're all trying to keep up with each other. So at some point, they will all do the exact same thing. So yes. you just have to pick the one that like works with your brain the most. But it's the system that goes inside of it that's more important. The tool itself is it's not going to do the magic for you. You still have to set up the system and you still have to consistently use it (laughs) or none of them will work for you. And I think the switching is a huge problem because I see so many people switching and then they lose information. They Mm -hmm. lose tasks. They lose focus. There's a learning curve. If they have a team, they have to teach their team members. Like it's just a whole thing. We've been with Asana for about two and a half years now. I did switch over from Trello. I was in Trello and like, as the business was growing, it kind of just outgrew it, but it was a very strategic switch (laughs) and the system was the same. It was just inside of a different tool. So I just don't get overwhelmed with that when your friends are like, Hey, try this and try this and try Like you just have to pick one and stick with it for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to stick with it. So here's a question. Yes. Productivity. Okay. I feel like productivity is something that some people want. Sometimes it can have a little bit of a dirty word when people think about this toxic productivity idea of getting too far down the hustle rabbit hole. Yep. But when you think of productivity, what does productivity mean for you?
2: Yeah, I think it really is just that tool that allows you to reach your goals and have the freedom in your life by getting the stuff done that needs to get done to get there, right? So productivity is not checking off boxes and checking off checklists and creating checklists to check off checklists, right? I think (laughs) a lot of people, they're like, oh, the more I get done, the more productive I am. And that's not necessarily the case because you could do 50 tasks in a day, but if they're 50 tasks that are not moving anything forward or getting you towards your goals is that worth it? (laughs) Is it worth it to like hustle for the entire day to not move anything forward? So I think it really is that like that avenue to get you to what you want. So for me, that's just creating a lot of routines. And I think one of the biggest things I see in the productivity space right now is that everyone's trying to use all the systems and then they use none of the systems. So they have 17 different planners They have tried the GTD method and this method and this method, or they've taken pieces and parts from all of them and kind of created their own, but they don't really use it. Or they have 17 different notebooks and none of them are working, right? And they're not sticking to the same thing over and over and over. My weekly planning routine has been the same for, like, five years. Mm -hmm. Like, even prior to the online business, it was the same. I sit down on Fridays, I map out the week, and then I actually use my end-of-day process to kind of recalibrate because we all know we can plan a week and then Monday comes and the whole thing, like, falls apart. So I think it's sticking to the boring stuff. And doing the same thing over and over instead of like the shiny object of
0: the new planner Mm. or the fancy Mm -hmm. new productivity system. So, yeah, yeah, stick to the boring stuff. And that's hard. It is because we crave novelty, we like to hop around and do different things.
2: And that's where you have to build that bubble and like live in a bubble of like, no, this system's working for me. I'm just going to keep doing it. And you have to very strategically bring in new things very slowly, because if you're like, oh, that new thing and that new thing and this new thing. And trust me, I've definitely been a victim of this because I like new things, too. But it's the money is made and the boring stuff. The goals are hit when you do the boring stuff and have the same routines over and over and over.
0: Yeah. The boring stuff doesn't end up in the highlight reel though.
2: I know. I know. <laughs> that's where, that's where you can do fun stuff in your life because you've done the boring stuff to hit your goals. And now you can go do fun stuff in your life and travel. That can be your reel. And then the business stuff can just kind of run an autopilot.
0: <laughs> I love, yeah, Yes. That's, that's great. So tell me this, if, if someone's listening and whether they're a business owner or maybe they are in a nine to five professional, yeah. maybe they are in a nine to five role and they love their job. They, they yeah. have no plans of becoming a business owner. How, what advice do you have for someone who really wants to start being more productive?
2: Yeah, I will tell you my three P's of productivity routine, which is my end of day routine, was the biggest game changer in growing my business and myself. So it would definitely work for somebody that's in a nine to five as well. It really is that thing that allows me to stop letting things fall through the cracks. So essentially it's process, Plan and prepare. So, process really means taking the whole day, everything, all the notes you took, the people you talked to, the stuff that was on your calendar, really processing it and seeing like, are there action items that need to go into my task tool? Are there calendar items in those notes that need to go into the calendar? Are there projects that need to be created? And really just processing what happened so that nothing falls through the cracks and gets forgotten. And then planning is again, we can plan out a week, right? But Monday comes and we've got to now shift Tuesday. So it's really planning out the day and saying, okay, these are my appointments. I've added in buffer time. And this is what I'm doing between those different tasks, right? Now, if you're in a nine to five, this might look a little bit different, but what does your day look like tomorrow before you even start it so that you can sit down and hit the ground running instead of sitting down, planning the day, everything comes at you. And then you're like, it's noon and I got nothing done. Um, And then prepare is really collecting the materials you need to execute the plan. So for me, a lot of times that is like an outline if I have a client call or an outline if I'm doing a podcast or a workshop that might be making sure that I have something for a personal appointment sitting by the door so that it's ready (laughs) to go. But It's really preparing so that you're not scrambling through the day and trying to find things. And that routine alone at the end of my day has really allowed me to make sure things aren't getting forgotten, make sure I'm in alignment with goals, make sure I've got a plan for the next day and really like take off and and get stuff done.
0: That is so good. And I love anything with alliteration, process, plan, (laughs) prepare. That's, That's really, really great. And it it does cap off the day and it enables you to step away and actually feel the fourth P, which is present. Oh my
2: gosh. So good. Yes. (laughs) Because it really does. Before I did that routine, I couldn't shut it off at five because I was like, oh wait, I got to do this. And I got to send this and I need to do this. Like it was just constantly running and I was stressed and anxious. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh gosh, I forgot to send that email to so-and-so. But this Mm -hmm. it allows me to know that I still have a lot going on tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about it until tomorrow.
0: Yeah. 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 About how long does it typically take you to process, plan and prepare each day?
2: Yeah. So I've got it down now. It's about 15 to 20 minutes at the end of the day for me. I would say if you're new, and this is obviously a new habit you're trying to build, it probably takes 30 to 45. It really just depends how many calls you've had, meetings you've had, how you organize your notes. Like, There's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think the more you do. It the easier it becomes, and I can actually recognize if I don't do it at the end of the day when I mm-hmm. start back the next day. I'm like, Oh, yeah, didn't do my three P's yesterday, did I? Because I don't have things ready. I'm just like, Oh, this is still a mess from yesterday. So, Uh-oh. I would say about 30 minutes is probably kind of on average.
0: Mm-hmm. And oh, so, this is like a nitty gritty technical type question, but you hit on the fact that the way that you take notes where you're putting this information that impacts how you process. Because if you have 17 notebooks and 37 post-it notes and 12 (laughs) planners and you have all of these different um, things are coming from a lot of different directions, you know, what advice or what tactical advice do you have for taking notes or just coordinating all of the inputs.
2: Definitely. So I've simplified. I actually use my Apple iPad with GoodNotes because you can create individual notebooks within that, but it's all still in one spot. If you're still more of a pen and paper person, just pick one. We want one notebook. We don't want 47 (laughs) Um, because then you can go through that. You can highlight it differently, those kinds of things. But the less notebooks you have, the less places you have to think about putting things. I think that's a big thing too, is just the decision fatigue. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I have this piece of information ah, which thing does it go to? (laughs) Like having really concrete places for that and simplifying, I think is huge. We actually use the BCO framework. So business development, client services and operations. This is obviously going to apply more towards business owners versus somebody in corporate, but that's how we organize everything. We have our Google drive folders, our email folders, our notebook folders, our Asana projects. Like everything is organized in that way because then I only have to think of one of three places. Wow. Is it business development? Is it client services or is it operations? We plan that way. We strategize that way. So it really comes down to simplicity and less is more. The less notebooks you have, the less, which you should only have one planner. <laughs> the <laughs> less planners you have, the less places you have to put things, it's going to mm-hmm. make things so much easier to process, to find where it goes, to find it when you need to reference it, things like that. So yeah, I would just say simplicity and simplifying things is, is the huge thing for it.
0: Got it. Simplicity simplifying, because I think that sometimes for the sake of organization, we get this idea that, okay, I need to have a special notebook for this thing and a special notebook for this thing and a special (laughs) notebook for this thing. And none of it is searchable because it's all handwritten. Yep. And if if you have to, like, I don't know, go somewhere, are you going to take all fifteen notebooks? Right, <laughs> doesn't doesn't work.
2: Yeah, and that's for me. The iPad has kind of fixed that problem because it's one spot inside of Good Notes, but I can have multiple notebooks. So like each client gets their own. So all of that client's notes go into that client notebook. I have one notebook for each team member. So each team member, every time we have a meeting, it all goes there. So I think that. kind of allows you to fix that problem. But if you are, again, still a pen and paper person, Mm -hmm. just pick one notebook and maybe get one that has dividers in it with sections because then you can at least have sections off different types of things versus having four or five different notebooks for different things. Because again, it's not searchable, right? So it's got to be easy to find.
0: Yeah. And I'll I'll link this in the show notes, but uh, several years ago when I was an account executive at a PR agency, I used a notebook by tool t u l it was from office depot and it it was like a binder okay. but it was more it was more like a notebook than a binder and you could pull out the pages rearrange them have mm-hmm. different dividers so i was able to have a different Section for each client, but at the start of each day, my notes were all in the front, and then at the end of the day, when I was doing my process, which I I didn't know that that's (laughs) that's what I was doing, I would review the notes from the day and then move them to the corresponding section in this notebook. And it was it was a really great system. I continued to use that for a while until I really became much more digital. But that was a really good analog pen and paper version that worked well. Yep. Okay. I'm going to throw you a fun curveball question. Okay. (laughs) So you're a board gamer. I am. Board gaming and productivity.
2: Yeah. How do those,
0: how do those things go together? Tell tell me about, tell me about the, the, the marriage or the intersection of board gaming and productivity. I
2: love this. Okay. So a board game is literally a system in itself, right? Like (laughs) it is contained, It has an instruction book which is the process of exactly how to do it step by step. There's teamwork involved in some of them. There's some of, actually one of our favorites is called Forbidden Island. And it's one of those teamwork games instead of like everyone being against each other. Like we all four have to do something to get out the teamwork portion of it. And it really is, it's the most streamlined process because it tells you from A to Z what to do and how to do it. And if you don't follow the system, you don't win the game. (laughs) So it really is. I mean, within business, especially like if you don't have those processes and systems, you're going to spend so much extra time thinking about things. You don't have to find things with board games because everything's contained in its little space, right? Everything's super organized. So yeah, we're huge board gamers and I'm actually a minimalist, but we have like 90 board games. So (laughs) it's like a whole thing. I literally, so the, the Ikea shelf behind me, I have another one of those full of board games. It's kind of crazy. Oh, um, fun. So we're huge board gamers. And that, again, going back to the time management and the lifestyle piece in my calendar, we have all those games and we weren't playing them. So mm-hmm. I put it on my calendar every single Thursday to play board games. And now we're playing them because it's yes. on my calendar, right? Yeah. So it comes back to saying like, we want to do that. We just haven't made the time for it. So now we're actually going to make the time for it.
0: Yeah. Our calendars are for so much more than just meetings. Oh,
2: yeah. Everything should yes. go in there. You should block out self-care time, block off time off, vacation, buffer time, work time, friend time. Like if it doesn't go in there, just because there's so much going on in any given time and we want to do so many things, you've got to put it in there or else it's going to control you and you're you're going to get to the end of the year and be like, I didn't get to do any of that. And we don't
0: want that. No, we don't want that. We want no. to live life. We want to live life first. Yes. Brittany, as we're wrapping up our time together today... I would love to to end on a note of encouragement because systems can feel intimidating. Pursuing more productivity can even feel intimidating. So what advice would you give someone who's listening in right now that wants to take a step in the direction of systems and better productivity?
2: Yeah, for sure. I, it's a skill that can be learned. I think a lot of people, they're like, you're organized or you're not. Like, I think people just think that, oh, I'm just not an organized person. But it really is a skill that can be learned if you want to take the time to put that in place, right? So, if it's something that's important to you, you can learn a routine and how to kind of keep doing that. You can learn how to time block. You can learn how to manage your tasks better. So, Organizing really is a skill and a muscle that you build and it gets better over time. I'm even learning how to organize better in different ways, Mm -hmm. right? So also you can't change the world in one day. So like don't try to take on 14 different systems at the same time and think that it's going to (laughs) work. Like my Asana has been building for like two and a half years, right? It started and it looks like this. Two and a half years later, it looks like this. So I think even just taking one step, maybe you're in a paper planner and we want to move digital into a calendar right like how can we do that and that alone and keep that consistent for a while before we're like hey now we're going to bring in digital note taking so I think it's just really knowing that you can't take it all on at the same time and just pick one little thing that you feel like would make an impact and move forward with that and create a habit with that
0: small steps creating a habit and not letting yourself get overwhelmed yes
2: For sure. Keep it simple. Keep it simple.
0: Keep it simple. (laughs) Systems are self-care.
2: Yes. I love it.
0: Brittany, thank you so, so much for your time today. It has been an absolute delight to chat with you just as I knew it would be. Tell us how we can stay in touch and continue learning from you.
2: Absolutely. Um, So our main website is bcohq.co. So you can kind of find all the things there, but we actually have a free community, the productivitypodcommunity.co. It's hosted on Mighty Networks, which is its own app. Very similar to a Facebook group, but not with all the distractions. And we have lots of productivity tips in there and, and trainings and things. And then we also do a community happy hour, community coffee chat, and an office hours where you can come and pick my brain. All of that's free. So come hang out. There's all kinds of other entrepreneurs and moms and people trying to leave corporate jobs and people that still work corporate jobs over there. So kind of a mix of
0: everything. I love it. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today. And I'll talk to you soon. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. And there you have it. Process, plan, prepare. I love the three P's so much that I've started organizing my own workday shutdown routine with Brittany's three P's since having this super fun conversation with her. If you want to revisit what you heard in our conversation or find the links to stay in touch and learn from Brittany, head over to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 148. And if you want to take your time management skills to the next level and get started crafting a productively successful life, the It's About Time Academy is now open to new members. You can learn more and join us over at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash Academy. And you can also find the link over in the show notes. And before you go, let me tell you what to expect in next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 149, is all about making bold moves. I'll be sitting down with Shauna Hawking, author of the forthcoming book, One Bold Move a Day, Meaningful Actions Women Can Take to Fulfill Their Leadership and Career Potential. Shauna is so inspiring. And if you've got big dreams, but they feel so big that they're almost overwhelming, you'll walk away from episode 149 feeling inspired to take just one bold move a day in the direction of your goals. So don't miss it. All right, thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.